Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thunder Grads. I'm your host today, Haley Hurst, and I'm here with analyst Michael Martin. How are you feeling today, Michael? I've been better. This this team has taken a toll on me. We've talked oh, about I it. Know. It's just, it feels like I'm just getting punched in the gut with every one of these games. I enjoy watching some of these guys, but it's... It's like it's, a toxic relationship. It's almost. a labor of love yeah. right now. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so let's just like jump right into this Thunder Suns game that we saw. I mean, we got to see a Chris Paul kind of homecoming game. How, what are your thoughts on the game? It was fun to see Chris Paul coming back. Um, I know you haven't been around the Thunder for a long time, but before the Thunder came to Oklahoma City during Hurricane Katrina. Yes, he played. He played his rookie year here. That was one of my big introductions to the NBA and watching Chris Paul. He's been one of my heroes, one of my favorite players. He, he, I was the, that was one of the first NBA games I ever went to. Was No, it was the first one I watched Chris Paul. So then having him come back to Oklahoma City and then play for the Thunder on that really fun year and Shea's first year with the Thunder was, uh, was really cool. But to have Chris Paul come back was really nice. Uh, he got a nice standing ovation. He's somebody who people in Oklahoma are always going to like. I did like him that night because he didn't beat the Thunder, which was really irritating. That was just an irritating game because the Suns are ranked so high and they have such a stacked roster. Yet two of their star, two of two of their three best players were out. Yet they still lost. They they lost. They for those didn't who win. don't know, yeah, they they sat Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton for rest. I think Jay Crowder as well. So three out of their five starters, but you still have guys like Chris Paul, as we mentioned, JaVale McGee. You have Mikhail Bridges. You have Cameron Johnson. A lot of really talented guys. That's why they're the number one team in the league. They have a really, really good roster. But this is the equivalent, like, I know you are an Alabama fan. It'd be like if Alabama just didn't have, like, three starters and then lost to, I don't know. We're not going to redo this A&M game. No. We're not going to redo and this no, A&M game. And then game. lost to McNeese State. And McNeese State also is sitting all their starters on offense and defense. That's the equivalent. Obviously, that'll never happen. Obviously. We'll knock on wood if you would like. But that's the equivalent in this Thunder game with the Suns yeah. where it's like the best team versus the worst team. And it's not only the best team. It's the best team sitting a couple guys. And then the worst team sitting everyone and then their g league coming up to play so we get to see a lot of unfamiliar faces i mean we have um just a lot of new fresh meat on the on the court but poku really popped off that is the one silver lining i love me some poku he is just so awkward and He's weird so awkward. in how he plays have you seen he he wears a fanny pack to every game no he has his own light of fanny packs he's sponsored maybe i need to get one of his fanny i think you look good in a fanny pack okay i will definitely invest in one of poku's fanny packs yeah, maybe well, i can get it signed they had a deal where he was giving them out and he was signing them. I guess you just missed that. but I'll have to hop one, on the next one. Once in a lifetime opportunity missed. <laughs> but yeah, Poku, um, it's a weird thing because I was talking to John about it that a lot of this, it's really nice to see like Poku balling out. And then like those times when Baisley was playing really well that we talked about. But it's a different situation once Shea and Giddy and Dort come back because they take such a big piece of the pie or just the majority of it of possessions. So it's going to be really interesting to see these guys who have really developed, like Baisley and Poku, how they fit their new games back in with those bigger pieces because you can't have 10 primary players. I have a lot to say on that later. Okay. Um, but yeah, Poku, it's <laughs> watching him play point guard, you see the flashes, you see the potential. He's not a perfect player by any means. He's somebody who was two years ago playing in like YMCA gyms <laughs> in the middle of Serbia and the third division of Serbia. So for those who don't know, Euro League is the number one like foreign league. And then you get like 
down into like Australia in that league and then you get to Euro Cup and then it's like way down and then you get to like third division of like Serbia. It's the equivalent of like division one to like a community college where people just walk on and play. Like Poku was found just like it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like Giannis where it's just like in a high okay. school gym and grainy film. Like some of these guys um, like Cade Cunningham scouts have known who they are since they were like 12 years old. Poku, they didn't know who he was until like a couple months before the draft. <laughs> and then he just came over and tried out and then ends up going to the Thunder. But he's still got a long ways to go as a developmental player. But you're seeing the flashes and the potential he has. He just has some certain things that you just can't teach. Yeah. I mean, in this last game, he had 17 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. He was 50% from the field. He did pretty good. Like, that's a pretty good. That, that's a really good game. He's the yeah. 18th youngest player ever with a triple-double. I mean, he's seven foot. He handles the ball like a guard. He can shoot it. He can defend multiple positions. There are some negatives in terms of some of his decision makings and some of his lapses. But I keep having to remind myself, he's like a basketball like baby out there. Like he's yeah. just learning all these things for a while. It was just like he was trying not to screw up. And now it feels like he's more in tune and more in the mix of the game where he's fitting natural and he's finding his spots and less of just floating around. But it's been really cool to see how much better he's gotten this year. You can even just watch game one versus like game 79 now and you can tell how much better he's gotten. Absolutely. And also, I think Oliver Saar. Olivier Saar. Olivier, okay. Yes, I knew I, I knew I was pronouncing it wrong, but he put up 24 points. He played so well that he was cut yesterday before the Utah game because they need to have more bad players. Yeah, how did that Utah game go? They lost by 40, so that's a win. That is a win. That's, that's a, a win, win in, in our book. tank book. But, I mean, the Thunder are just playing anybody. I'm surprised you didn't get a call to come in and play. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for them. I feel like they should have my number by now. I'm very skilled at basketball. For what? those of you who never known, I've never really actually played basketball in my life or really knew exactly what, what do, this what sport bring entailed to a until team? this year. I bring pep. You can't teach pep. <laughs> you can't teach enthusiasm. And I think I could I could raise the morale. What's your pep? T- I'm, I'm handing you the mic right now. What's your pep talk before the next Thunder game? Okay, guys. What are you telling the guys? We're here to go out there and we're going to play our hearts out. We're going to we're going to absolutely kill it, but we want remember, we're not going to throw the game, but we don't <laughs> want to win the game. We want to lose. So there's a reason y'all are here. We want you to prove ourselves, yourselves, but we want you to keep it close. We want you to have a good game, but at the end of the day, you should not be walking off that court with a win. Is that understood? What? I can't hear you. I said is that understood? And then we let them go. You are like Baker Mayfield, Ray Lewis just all in one. Drew Brees. I'm ready to run through a wall yeah. for Haley. I, yeah. Let's let's play well, but not too well, guys. Let's play well, but not too well. Because I feel like that's the mentality. You almost have to go in with this trying to tank season. But it, I think it's funny how to tank. I didn't realize the whole process that goes into it. You know, when the general manager gives the coaches a roster, you know, the coach obviously wants to win with that roster. But the roster really sets up how they will do in the game. Well, like I told you, sometimes it's like cooking where it's like he's just the general manager gives you all the ingredients and it's the coach's job to make it work. Yeah. And Sam Presti gave Mark Dagnall, like we talked about, like an onion 
and then like potato skins. It's like the episode of Chopped where they open up the basket and it's all this random things and you have to make a gourmet meal out of it. Except for none of the things in the bag are good at all. And they're like, we need you to make a five star meal. And it's like, can we do hot dogs or no? But I mean, we've talked about this for a while. You can't blame these guys for playing hard. They're playing for the NBA livelihoods, but... It's just, it's a difficult thing, but um, the, it's another can of worms with the Blazers and Thunder, which we're going to talk about next. Yes. So, okay, Blazers and Thunder, we saw a new face, Jalen Horde, lead the game with 24 points along with um, 21 rebounds. Can we just say 21 rebounds? I have a stat here. That was just ridiculous. Jalen Horde, Jalen Horde's all the boards. He I have was- never heard of this dude before he played in the Trailblazers game. Like, it was insane. They basically called him up off the street. He's been on the blue. He's played, I think, like eight other NBA games. Hey, listen to this stat. Jalen Horde in his, no, his fourth NBA game ever. 24 points, 20 rebounds, 3 assists, 11 of 17 from the field. He's the first rookie with a 20, 20, and 3 game on 60% shooting since Shaq in his rookie year in 1992. That that's a pretty big name to be compared to. I cannot to Shaq. tell you how mad I was to see that. Like I am happy for Jalen Horde that you're playing well. Play well in a loss. Yes. And then the Blazers. Uh, maybe I'm getting. But ahead the Blazers of are also trying to tank right now too. So it's just a game of who's going to tank in this game. And it obviously just wasn't the Thunder today. You've heard the expression "Who wants it more?" It was "Who wants it less?" Who wants it less? I mean, the Blazers. They give up a 27 to two run to end the game. I don't know how that's possible. It was. For those who didn't watch the game, it's equivalent of just them passing it directly into the Thunder for layups down the stretch just to try to blow the lead. The Blazers, I'll tip my hat to them. They are a better tanking team than the Thunder. The Thunder tried everything. Like Lindy Waters goes out there. He starts out the game two for three. Mark Dagnall yoinks him and says, nope, not going to happen. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because everybody else plays really well. They're just this level of competence from the entire roster. And then the guys from uh, Portland who are just not about it. Yeah, nope, not about it at all. And if you can't tell, the Thunder are trying to lose. And, like, their lineups should be losing, but somehow they just keep winning. They played six guys 40 minutes. They did, yeah. I mean, Horde had 46 minutes. Um, Saar almost had 40. He was at 39. We got Simpson with 44. It was pretty pretty high. Did you see Simpson play? He has a hook shot. He's six foot tall, and he does a running hook shot. So, because, like... As a smaller guy, it's harder to get in the lane and finish around the trees. So he like gets into the mid range and does a little hook shot like Kareem. Mm-hmm. That was it was like a flashback to 1955 watching him, which was really funny. I hope more guys add that. If we see Josh Giddy with a hook shot next year, I will fall out of my chair. I would love it. I would eat any moment up because I just I love Josh Giddy. He he's the best. I can't wait to see him back on the floor next year. <laughs> Number one fan club. Josh Giddy supporter right here, Haley yeah. Hurst. Haley Hurst, Josh Giddy. I I got your back, but I will I will <laughs> always root for you. But somehow OKC came out of a nearly twenty point deficit in the second half. Um and we really want to tank, obviously. So why is our tank not working? And is the do you feel like the tank is working? It's working to an extent. So I saw this stat that was really interesting. If you just take, so the Thunder are 4-0 and against the Blazers this year. If you just take those four wins out, the Thunder are tied for the worst record in the league. Those four games, just four games changes it that much. They're trying to tank. Some of it is like, it's a, 
it's a catch-22 where you're not sure which way you want to go because at the beginning of the season, it is really important to lose those two, but you also kind of want to see what you have with the roster. Exactly. Like, you want to see what Shay's, how much better Shay's gotten. You want to see how he fits with Giddy. You want to see what you have in Giddy as a pick. You want to see what you have in Trey Mann and Lou Dort and all these guys and see if they fit together because it's one thing to tank and then just basically simulate the season like you're playing 2K, but you do need to see how these guys are developing and how they fit together before you get your next pick and see what you, I guess, value or what you need on the roster there's just not much else they can do whenever they're playing guys who have never played in the nba guys who were just like really just happy to be there and just never thought they'd play in the nba which is cool i mean it's dream of everybody to play professional sports probably once and play in front of twenty thousand people but under this context it's just so weird i there are certain things that are just so for one, the Thunder are playing a lot of other teams that are also trying to tank. So you're going to win some of those, just like we said with the Portland one, who wants it less. The Thunder do have a distinct advantage over some of those other tanking teams. Of They have all their guys from the blue are coming up. And since they all play together on the blue, they all are very familiar with each other. Yeah, they have a good chemistry already built. Yeah, they all know how each other plays. They've all played the same offense that they do in the blue with the Thunder. They all have the same coaching staff. So it just makes sense. It's just like going up a level. And also, we've talked about this. There's no pressure for these guys. It'd be one thing if I'm like, hey, Olivier Saar, we need you to hit this three for us to go to the playoffs. Right now, it's like, hey, just do whatever you want. Go out there and have fun. We want to see your skill level. Just run up and down the um, Yeah. As someone who's played in some blowout games, it's really easy to look good when you're down 20 and you come in and it's like, hey, there's no pressure. Come shoot around. But whenever it's like crunch time, yeah, it gets a little bit harder some other things, uh, the Thunder compared to these other tanking teams, like if you look at Houston, Houston has a bunch of bad veterans who just don't really care. And the Thunder have way too many young guys who care. Exactly. That was one thing that I, I wrote down actually was that the Thunder, we have such young and energetic guys that we really don't know what to expect from our team because everyone is just there to have fun. They're there because they want a spot in the NBA. That's their dream. So of course they're, they're not going to not bring the energy. They're not going to not, you know, perform their best, which I think sets them apart from almost every other NBA team. Well, and then you get into some things like um, the Thunder have, I think, they're tied for the most 20-point comebacks this year of any team. And part of that comes down to is in the NBA, 82-game season. It's a long season. A lot of teams, they get up by 20 or down by 20. They're like, let's pack it in. We're down by 20. Let's live to fight another day. Those Thunder guys are not doing that. No. So they're catching teams who are just like, could you please not do this? Like, they're doing the most. Like, it's like going out and playing pickup basketball and the guy's picking you up full court and, like, trying to deny you and do everything around there. It's like, could you calm down? This is 2 p.m. at the Y on a Wednesday. And that's what all the Thunder guys are doing. They are trying their hardest. As we talked about, you can't expect anything less. They're trying to survive in the league. They're playing for their next NBA contract. I think Olivier Saar said, every game for me is a job interview with all other 29 other teams. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I don't think you're going to agree with me, Michael, on this. But, I mean, we're staring down the fourth overall pick yet again. We have already kind of a solid roster. I mean, you have Giddy, you have Shea, you have Baisley of Man, who all have been working really well together. So why don't we just make a run for the playoffs? I'm not saying we're actually going to make it into the playoffs, but next year, instead of, you know, trying to take another year of rebuilding, why don't we just start on that, like, straight shot to the playoffs? You only get I, – I get that, and people are tired of losing. You only get one chance to be bad as your team builds. 
What I mean by that is there are some teams like Atlanta. So they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They put all their chips in. They go all the way and they lose. And now this year they don't have enough talent. When you're bad, you have that one chance. And if the Thunder, like, if they can get one more player that really helps them, I think that's more important than appeasing some fans who just want them to win 10 more games and then get blown out in the play-in tournament. Like, would it change that much for the Thunder? Would you be that much happier if they were the 10 seed and then just lost one game in the play-in? No. Well, and then see, they don't go any further, and their pick is a lot worse. Fair. And you see a lot of these teams, like you see it with Luka now, you saw it with the, the Cavaliers and LeBron's first go-around, where they have guys who are so good early on that they never give their teams another chance to get a high pick to pair them with another great player. And as great as Josh Giddy is, he's not somebody who's franchise-altering. Shea is not somebody who's franchise-altering right now. Maybe Shea can get to that point. But you see the guys in the past who have been number one picks, like Cade Cunningham. He's flipped everything for Detroit. Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, it took two number one picks for uh, the Timberwolves. That flipped everything. Uh, number one pick, I'm trying to think of some other guys. LeBron, um, Kareem, Magic Johnson. Of one, one out of five guys, it can flip everything. Even in the NFL, Joe Burrow, one guy. It flips the entire culture of your team. And a lot of this, you know, we're worried about it. And it could be a moot point if the Thunder, you know, we'll just laugh about it if they get the number one pick, if they jump up. But there's also some massive doomsday scenarios, as you were talking about with them, with them locked at four right now, where they could drop and it could be really, really bad. Yeah. I really, I really hope we do get the fourth overall pick. I hope we get one of those because we're definitely not going to get, you know, first or second because we're not tanking. We well, are not tanking. So why do you think this tank is not necessarily working what do you think mo- we can do more I'm to not, tank? I'm not sure what else you can do more um, rewinding one more thing to the, your thing about the playoffs some of it is also if you're going to make the playoffs you got to knock somebody out of who's in the playoff mix and if you just go down the teams in the west the Thunder even if they play Shea Giddy and all their guys I wouldn't say that they're going to be better than eight other teams or seven other teams to be in the mix and that's just part of the deal so just wait one more year 2023 is the year where they're going to push all their chips in but what else can they do um play less good players i mean some of it is we're already playing our g team i I don't know what else they can do because i mean like let's just go down the list of guys who are sitting right now shea giddy dort baisley Favors, Muscala, Kenrich Williams, Ty Jerome, Teo Maladon, Alexei Pokashevsky. That's like 12 guys. So your top 12 guys are sitting and you're still winning? Like, that is ridiculous. I'm I'm sure there are some other things. I mean, it's not like the process. So the process in Philadelphia was the ultimate tank experience where they had a guy in, um, forgetting his name right now, Sam Hinkie, who ran their thing uh their general manager thing and was it was called the process and they basically played the worst lineups analytically possible where it's like we're gonna play four centers right now and we're just gonna get blown off the floor and i just don't think dagnalt and presti are willing to do that but with i mean they don't want to hurt their franchise they don't want to hurt their reputation so why are you no one wants to come to a game where they're actively trying to lose you know But at the end of the day, it's like four games left, and if you end up getting the number one pick, all of this is forgiven and forgotten. Like, if you ask the Philadelphia fans if the process was worth it, I think they would tell you yes, because now they have Joel Embiid, and they have James Harden, and they have all these assets they wouldn't have had if they did not do that. 
I mean, tanking doesn't always work, but for the teams that have tanked and accumulated the number of assets like the Thunder and the Philadelphia 76ers have and the Pelicans have now and the Houston Rockets have now, it seemed to work out. But as I said, if the Thunder jump up to number one, we're going to be just laughing. It's like, why do we worry about all this? What what does all that worrying matter? But there is a scenario where they drop to seven or eight and this can get bad because the best players in the world, obviously you can still pick somebody at seven or eight who could be the best player in the draft, but just the likelihood is so much smaller. So I'm, I'm hopeful they can get a top pick or at least they can get to the four or five range where maybe they can trade up. You know, maybe that's a possibility with all the assets the Thunder have, but I don't know what else they can do tank-wise, and it's only going to get harder next year because they're going to get Shea back, Giddy, all those other guys that we're talking about, and they're going to get an impact player at whatever pick they get in the draft. Absolutely. So speaking of the draft and speaking of the NBA lottery coming up in late May, it is never too soon to have some fun. OKC will need all the luck they can get in hopes of getting a top pick. Do you have any good luck charms, superstitions, or anything like that that you are going to hold on to on lotto night? I don't know if I'll hold on to one that night, but like when I'm walking on the sidewalk, I don't like to step on the cracks. I like to step in between them. I don't know if that's a very big superstitious thing. I mean, when I was younger, I used to do that piece, you know, step on a crack, break your mother's back, and no one wanted to hurt our moms. I just also just don't like stepping on them. I don't know. I, um, in high school... I don't know. I'd build a different routine every time until like something bad happened where I'd have like a string of good games and I'd have a routine. And then as soon as I'd have a bad game, I'd have to do a new routine. Like, okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty superstitious. Are you? I'm not super stupid. Not super superstitious at all. I don't really have any good luck charms. I mean, I don't really believe in luck, if that makes sense. I mean, if if it's going to happen, it's going to happen for you. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If it's God's will, it's God's way. And that's just kind of how I've always believed. So, I mean, I've never considered myself lucky. Like, I know what's in my path is going to happen to me. And, you know, you just have to accept it, whether you like it or not, whether you like that outcome or not. Um, So I'm not going to be holding on to anything during lotto night, nothing during... um, during the um, actual draft or anything you're more mature than me I mean (laughs) I told you that I went to the Rose Bowl and we were there and my mom at halftime because the OU was up um, 31 to 10 and my mom's like well what if we went to the national championship like we should start ordering tickets now at halftime I was like no do not do this. Do not jinx us. No. And she's like posting on Facebook, like I can't go wait to go to the national championship. And I've like fate blamed my mom for <laughs> oh you losing that game. And she's like, it's there's no way it's my fault. And I was like, the sports gods or whatever you want to say, they punish you for stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll I'll have every lucky thing I can get for the Thunder. I'll have a four leaf clover. I'll have a rabbit's foot in my pocket. Anything I can get. Maybe we should burn Kevin Durant's jersey. Maybe that will bring us some luck. You know. I don't know about that. You and you and John would love to talk about (laughs) that. I think John has Kevin Durant on like his hit list or something like that. He's got so much disdain for that man i don't like what kevin i don't have disdain for him i mean like you said earlier i'm i'm new to this whole basketball scene i just heard about it a couple couple weeks ago and i was like hmm wonder if that could bring us any luck just just join in the mob just join the mob you know (laughs) join the hate squad but okay there's been a reddit post going around recently and it brought up some fun discussion um if you could add four inches of height to any role player on your favorite team, who would you add height to? So for the record, I basically put the caveat, we can't 
add height to Giddy or Shay. Yeah. Because they're not role players. But I think as much as I would like to see Giddy four inches taller, it's he'd just be not seven foot happen. two. He'd be like he'd be skinny Jokic. Skinny Jokic, but Jokic potential yeah uh, that would be hilarious he's not a shooter like Jokic, but i'd give the four inches of height to lou dort six seven lou dort would be incredible yeah but i want him to maintain like that big that big man status if he'll he be did stretch out a little inches. bit but he's he'll still be he's still built like a fire hydrant he'll be fine Seven foot like four Poku would be That's hilarious. What I was thinking. He would be so, watching him would be so funny because he's already such an awkward, unathletic player. Just adding that four inches of wingspan and adding that four inches of height, I think would just take him to a whole nother level. I feel like he would have to move though positions. I think he would have to become a center. There's and he no wouldn't way. have been a good see he won't be a good center at all, but it would just be interesting Oku to see. Poku puts up about as much resistance as like a stand-up poster that you like see <laughs> like in the window of a mall or something. Like I love Poku, but there's just no way he'd be built like Slenderman or like an Enderman from Minecraft or something yes. like that. <sighs> Who else? Um, I feel like if we added four inches to Trey Man, yes, that would make he would have. S- his career would really take off. I mean, he would have so much what we would actually need to keep his quickness, keep his steadiness, keep all of his fun bag of tricks. But just adding that little bit of height, I feel like could really make him a special, more versatile player than he's playing right now and could make him, I don't know, a bigger threat in the arena. Well, it just makes you more switchable and more versatile to do other things the more height you have. I mean, it's great to be really big out there on the floor, like guys like, you know, poku but it's also a lot of value in terms of the guys who are like six seven to six nine who are just hyper switchable and can yeah. do a bunch of things that's why having shay is so great because he can play a variety of positions and just allows for so much more flexibility absolutely around guys whereas if you have a guy like say trey young who's really really good he can only play one position yeah shay can play three positions he can guard three positions trey young can play one and guard zero positions. But um, this is not a crap on Trey Young thing. I'm sure John will talk to me about that and give me a hard, <laughs> give me some uh, hard words about that. They played in high school together, so they're they're best friends. Oh, really? Yeah, Trey uh, was uh, the starter while John was the backup. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, and uh, Lindy Waters was on that team too. I remember you mentioning that. We have a lot of Norman natives coming in on the Thunder. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Barry knows what it takes to get to the NBA. Is there anybody else role player? I don't really think so. That needs another four inches. That would just Baisley be... would be the center of the future if he was. Oh, that is true. I forgot about Baisley. If you made him seven foot. Oh, wow. That fixes a lot of issues for the Thunder. Or even if you made Jeremiah Robinson Earl that tall or maybe even Isaiah Roby because he's just like he's too short to play center. Yeah. But he's not quick enough to play power forward. Some of those in-between guys. Um, I can't really think of anybody else. I just think now that you mentioned Lou Dort, like that would literally be perfect for him. Lou Dort at six seven is just not allowed physically. <laughs> like there would just he would he would just stop everyone. Yeah, him at six seven, it, it would be unfair. I'm glad it's not happening. It would just be nuclear for the league of him just locking down and being able to switch. Nuclear onto- for the league, but great for the Thunder. Yes. Okay, so speaking of nuclear, Ben Simmons has been ruled out for the rest of the season and playing the tournament. What does this mean for him, for the Nets going into postseason? 
for those who don't know, Ben Simmons, you know, he had the trade thing, but it looks like he's had some major back issues since then. Mm-hmm. Like he even had an epidural a couple weeks ago and I don't know much about epidurals other than they're, they're painful. Other than they're with pregnancy and childbirth and that sounds like something serious. I mean, you're getting this huge like 5-inch needle injected straight into your spinal cord. Have you had back issues? No. Okay. Misremembering. No. But yeah, Ben <laughs> Simmons, um he He's really important to their team. I mean, as good as Kevin Durant and Kyrie are, you need stops in the playoffs. The playoffs, Haley, are a completely different game than the regular season where it's way more up and down the regular season. The playoffs are much more you run a play, I run a play, back and forth. It's a lot choppier. It's kind of awkward. Defenses are allowed to tighten up a little bit more. The referees aren't going to call it. Uh, call things as much it's just a really different game so it'll be really interesting to see how the Nets translate that because I mean although they do have those guys like I mentioned who are two all-time great guys they just don't have the defenders around them to really stop anybody and without Ben Simmons I can't see them getting past round two against any of these other teams because you're going to need to guard at some point well hasn't Ben Simmons not played a lot since he's traded he has not played this entire season Okay, and do you remember when he was drafted and there was a lot of concerns of him not caring? Do you think that also has some type of effect, or do you think this is strictly just an injury? The Ben Simmons thing is so complicated. So he, re- he really is so complicated. Like he, I, I've actually really enjoyed following him because he's so controversial, and I think I've learned a lot about basketball from Ben Simmons. You were learning from the wrong people. <laughs> taking the wrong advice that's like taking financial advice from a homeless person (laughs) but ben simmons he i was talking to somebody about this he's the example of just having the wrong weaknesses because he's an a plus in every single category as a basketball player except for as a shooter it's just he's an f minus as a shooter and shooting happens to be really important oh yeah but ben simmons he's dealt with some injuries so i think he had a foot injury which held him out his rookie year he came back And then he just has never developed his shot, which is what makes people so mad is, you know, as a sports fan, you want to see guys get better. You don't want to see guys get stagnant. Like, I'd feel the same way if we're talking about this three years from now and Josh Giddey still can't shoot. I'll be really upset. He's learning. He is learning. That's the thing. That's the thing. He's learning and he's trying. But if we get to the point and it's like four years from now, he's in year five in the league and he's refusing to shoot threes. He's scared to shoot free throws and stuff like that. Then, yeah, I'd be pretty upset about like you're getting paid millions of dollars to do this. So Ben Simmons definitely has some injuries. He's also talked a lot about mental health and some anxieties and things that have happened between like playing in Philadelphia. Well, obviously, that was not just a great environment for him either. I mean, he sat out pretty much this entire year. He sat out the whole year, and then he wanted money. He got kicked out of practice for just being lazy and like having his... He was practicing in sweatpants during a full scrimmage with his phone in his pocket. Like, just didn't look like he wanted to be there. His teammates tried to fly out to L.A. to go meet him and try to convince him to come back, and he told them, don't fly out to see me. I don't want to see you. So, I don't know. Ben Simmons is just extremely complicated. He's the son of a former pro player, but he didn't even start playing basketball until he was 15, which is just, I don't know how that's possible. So, you don't start until you're 15, and then you become the number one recruit in the world. He's somebody who was compared to LeBron out of high school. Just You know, it also has to do with motivation, and just it seems like he just lacks that motivation and that that drive to become one of the best like to become a true pro because he had all the fame going into the draft and then we just haven't seen much of him it feels like he likes being a celebrity more than a basketball player like he likes to be famous Kendall Jenner and getting the shoe deals and fashion stuff 
but um, there's a stereotype in just basketball in general that most big guys don't enjoy basketball. It's just they're really good at it, and they're really tall, so they're going to play. And Kevin Durant talked about this in the podcast, that there's a difference between a basketball player and a hooper in terms of, like, if you're a hooper, you love playing. Like, you're going to go in the gym. You're going to hang out. You're going to keep playing. You just enjoy this. Even if Kevin Durant wasn't paid to play basketball, he'd be in a gym somewhere playing right now. He'd be watching games. There are some guys, no hate to them, who play in the NBA and treat it exactly as a job. They don't like it, but they're really good at it, and they can make a lot of money of it out of it, and whenever they're done, they'll be done. So I don't know that Ben Simmons loves the game. You can still be a really great player without loving basketball, but it puts definitely a hard ceiling on you compared to some of these guys who eat, breathe, and live basketball like Chris Paul and other ones who just like, this is all they do. But Ben Simmons... The Nets need him, and um, it's going to be a really weird fit, even if he does come back, like we mentioned, of with the blue of the, all those guys playing together and doing stuff. It'd be like if you just had a friend group of four people and you hang out all the time, and we're just going to add somebody in who's a big personality. Like It's going to be awkward. It's yeah. going to be weird. And especially if you're somebody like Ben Simmons, who's, whose confidence is shaken and hasn't played in over a year. I don't know. It's almost like you just shouldn't even play him and just wait for next year because yeah. I can't imagine it'd go well. No, I, I completely agree. And speaking of more bad injuries and bad news going into the playoffs for the Bulls, Lazon- L- Lonzo Lonzo Ball um, has been ruled out for the rest of the season and postseason with a torn MCL. Can the Bulls get out of the first round without him? It'll depend on matchups. And who they play. I mean, a lot of the playoffs are just based on matchups where it's like if you just get the wrong team, you're probably going to lose. But I don't see the Bulls, just like the Nets, uh, getting out of the first round. Well, I think the the Nets could get out of the first round. I don't think the Bulls can. They're a great regular season story, but I don't know if you've seen the stat. They're two. They're like... 2-22 2-22 and 22 against teams who are the top eight in either conference. So they're just beating up on all the bad and mediocre teams, but any team who's actually good, the Bulls just lose to. They've definitely been like kneecapped by a bunch of injuries, but it matters if you're not beating the best teams. Yeah. And Lonzo Ball is really important to their team. They're not a great defensive team, and he brought a lot of defense to that team along with Alex Caruso. But if you don't have him, I don't know who's really guarding anybody out there. Of course, the Bulls could get really hot for one series and go to the next round, but I can't see them getting any further than the second round either. I completely agree with you. I mean, I feel like the Bulls are good enough right now with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine um, just to get out of the first round, but without Lonzo, they're definitely not finals contenders. No, I don't think they ever have been. It's just traditionally it's hard to say because you want to say, like, every team has a chance to win a championship. Like in the NFL, every team has a win. Traditionally in the NBA, other than like three teams in the 75 his- uh, years of NBA history, you need to have a top five player in the league to win a championship. And if you don't have a top five player, you got to get really lucky or have the exact right circumstances. And Chicago does not have a top five player. That's not to say they're a bad team. They're a really good team. They're a really good regular season team. We talked about it. They can make it to the second round maybe. I still think their limit is the first round. I don't think they can probably even get out of the first round depending on a matchup, but it's it's good, at least on the bright side, I guess. It's good to have Chicago finally good after they haven't been good since Derrick Rose and Michael Jordan and those guys. It's It's been a while. It has been a hot second for them, but I think that's all the time that we have today, Michael. Do you have anything last minute just to add? 
I don't think so. Do you? I know we got to plug our socials as always. As always. I mean, you have to go and follow the Thundergrads on Instagram. That's not a requirement if you listen to the show. So go follow the Thundergrads on Instagram and just make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast so you can get all the updates from us. And we love doing this for y'all. So I hope you guys enjoy it just as much as Michael and I do. But thank you so much for tuning in and we will see y'all next.